to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We're locking the statements. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are streaming on all social media platforms like Keys to the City. So subscribe, comment, share, or like. Or you could also follow the Joseph McGuire at Podcaster Joe or Clovercrest Media at Clovercrest Media. Check it out. A busy week again in the sports world. Finally, we got some good news. No, it's not the Yankees. We'll talk about that in a sec, about their disappointing and the, and the strange New York Yankee season continues. But we're going to be talking some NFL. We have our top 10 quarterback rankings because, well, let's be honest, everybody loves the quarterbacks, right? The most popular position, most important position in all the sports. So we'll give you our rankings. Is Patrick Mahomes still number one in our rankings? And then we'll talk about the huge, decisive game five tonight. Majority of the time, winner of this game goes on to win the series. Huge game for Chris Paul. Is it a legacy game? Maybe the biggest game in his entire career. How about Giannis Antetokounmpo? He's been great, but what do we expect for him going and the entire Bucks team going into the Valley? But let's start off with the big news. As we all know, we're New York Yankees fans, so we like to talk New York Yankees. Well, this surprising season, the unexpected season, and just the unfortunate season has continued for the New York Yankees this week. It all started early on in the week. Well, in the New York Mets, Pete Alonso wins the home run derby. Go figure the Mets, as their season has been going, has been doing pretty well better than the New York Yankees. And then we had the huge series coming up. We talked about it. We're going to say, oh, Yankees, Red Sox, here we go. A four-game series. It's a must, must-win series for the New York Yankees to keep this season afloat and give us, as fans and the organization, some kind of positivity because every week it's been up and down. Well, that positivity ran right out the window very quickly. As we all know, the New York Yankees were diagnosed with a bunch of COVID positive tests. This was the first game actually since April 19th that was canceled. The Yankees-Red Sox Thursday night game was canceled first time since April. So we see the guys. Aaron Judge was the biggest name of all those lists. Alongside Gio, Kyle Gashiawa, and Jonathan Loiza, Nestor Cordes Jr., and Wandy Peralta was the sixth players that tested positive for COVID. And we've been seeing this going around now more with sports with the, um, in the Olympics, it's been happening big time. The, the basketball team, Bradley Beal's done. Kevin Love has decided to withdraw from that. So we see how this Yankee team comes back from the, let's just say all-star break, hoping for good things, but doesn't start off the right way. And then on top of it with kind of a battered team right now, the New York Yankees get shut out and continue their season losing streak to the Boston Red Sox. It is currently now at seven games this year. Guys, we've been talking about it each and every every week. It feels like every day it's on and off. What do we expect from this team? What is next for this Bronx Bombers team currently right now? Ted, I'll start with you. I know it sounds repetitive and it's kind of like, oh, here we go again. Same spiel, I guess, but – that's what it's been for the entire season for the Yankee team. So what do we expect now with the team that's dealing with COVID tests and some of their players alongside maybe their best player in Aaron Judge who's not going to be playing? What do we expect now from the Bo- – not the Boston Red Sox, the Bronx Bombers? I really don't know anymore. Um, I'm just – you know, you're talking. I'm, I'm trying to stay quiet. I'm reading. I mean, some of the Yankee stuff. You know, Judge has had his – his first half of the season was his best first half of the season since that year where he had 52 home runs. Um, just unfortunate. This team has 85% vaccination rate on the team, and this is the second time they've been hit with COVID this year. First time with a couple of players and coaches. Now, um, you know, after the All-Star break, key contributors. You know, I think last I think about today, it's Cole pitches tonight. He's not going to have his catcher. Kyle Ishigawa was out tonight. You know, small little things like that. That's It's just kind of a story. Uh, What's the word? Um, Storybook. I don't know the way this season has kind of transpired, really. I mean, it just sickness. I mean, that's kind of how I feel about this team. I mean, you know, we've talked about this before when we were arguing early in the season with Joe, and Joe was right. I mean, the talent's there. Things just haven't come together. For some odd reason, this team is flawed. 
Okay, we know there's flaws, but they're good enough to overcome those flaws because that wouldn't have had them win 100 plus games the past what two three seasons. Been in the playoffs, been one of the best teams last year. Listen, they got beat by the Rays. Rays went to the World Series, but the Rays the Yankees could have won that series. Definitely had the opportunities to, but had the opportunity to win against Houston when they won the ALCS. Opportunities missed. We can say trash cans, whatever. Listen. Houston made the plays, okay? They hit the ball. They made the plays. They won the games. You could say they cheated, but whatever. Look at the two. Listen, at the end of the day, as much as a lot of Yankee fans don't want to hear this, the two teams that we can't stand, the Red Sox and Astros, they're playing great baseball. They're both the first place in their divisions. They're the top two seeds in the AL, well, other with the White Sox too. But I look at those two teams. I mean, look at Alex Cora's done a, a phenomenal job with that team. You know, we complain, oh, they got no pitching. Well, they they just win. I, I mean, maybe that won't win them the World Series, but they're going to be having an opportunity to play on the final day of the season, and our, we're going to be worrying about where we're playing golf. Now, you asked the question, what does this mean for the Yankees? I don't know. With, does does this now put them in seller's mode? I mean, because the way we were talking before the situation was – That's a good point. That's a good point. Do they become – are they at seller's now? Like, if you want, if you won five out of six going into the All-Star break, if you swept Houston, okay, you're like, all right, you gained another game on Boston. And then we were talking about, hey, listen, if you don't have COVID, we got the way we were talking last week was, hey, we can win three against four against Boston. Positivity would start moving forward, follow the yellow brick road to the to the pasture. Well, I don't know where we're going right now. I don't know where the road is. Maybe this is, hey, listen, this is just going to be one of those seasons where it is what it is, okay? It is what it is. Guys didn't play well enough. Guys struggled. COVID hit us, unlike last year. And listen, I'll use the old thing like uh, remember the movie The Replacement Trap. Remember, uh, can't remember the coach, but he's asking about certain things about fear and whatnot. Yeah, and quicksand. Keanu Reeves talks about kind of quicksand. You know, the harder you try, the deeper you fall until yeah. you it's over your head. You're kind of quicksand. That's kind of how I would relate the Yankee season right now. I, it's not like they're not trying. Don't give me the effort. They're not doing this. They're putting the work in, okay? These guys are putting in there. They're major league guys. They're not going home and drinking booze like we are. They're not effing around. They're they're doing what they're supposed to do. It's just unfortunate they have not connected and the pieces have not fallen into the right place. Joe, let me ask you this. This is the second time the Yankees have dealt with COVID issues this year, and we know that most of the team is vaccinated. So for a person that's already vaccinated, how does this make you feel to see this ongoing with the Yankees? It hasn't. We haven't seen this throughout the entire season with the exception of the New York Yankees. And this is, this, like I said, the first game that's been canceled since April 19th. We are in July of seven, July 17th right now. That's a couple months. If you see this and you see everything that's going on on top of it, how do you explain this? And how, how do you feel about seeing this when you first saw the news? Well, so, you know, there's a, a variant that's been going around that's uh, much more contagious than the original version, which was really contagious. Mm -hmm. So um, my understanding is at least one of the six Yankees that did test positive had been vaccinated. Yeah, um, that's judge. Yeah, again, I don't know. That, that was my understanding. I didn't want to pinpoint anybody in particular because, you All know, right. I mean, I, I, I'm not his I'm not his doctor. I don't want to get into his it specifics. Really but He's not no, playing. it doesn't. But you know what? There's right now 16 states uh, in the United States are seeing major spikes, especially with this Delta variant, um, which I said is more contagious. And I and I think in the second half, I think you're going to see more of that. I think you are. I think this is going to affect sport, like with all of this happening now. This whole like second. It's going to be a constant reminder, though, Trevor. We're in our uh, literally. This is the fourth wave of the pandemic that we're living through right now. And I think most people, Ted, right, maybe like two months ago, we were like, "All right, it's over. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. We can get back to it." And yeah. and uh, look, it's. We want to get our lives back to normal, and we want to go out and do stuff again and live our lives again. And 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 I don't wear my mask anywhere I go anymore unless they make me, and I'm excited about that. But at the same time, I don't want to be near you. I'm not going to drink out of your cup. We're not going to share any Smokies at this point. There's no reason to do that. I've had two buddies uh, share a blunt with somebody and get COVID. <laughs> well, right. See, see, here's the thing. Yes. Uh, see, Biden, President Biden wanted to have what? I believe seventy percent by this time. He's yep. just short of it. He's just short of it. But here's the problem: seventy percent of the people are are in good spirits and and good health. 
The problem is the other 30% of the country that's not vaccinated, whatever, it doesn't matter. Listen, I don't want to either, are the ones that are happen to spread the germs. Now, it's unfortunate that the Yankees, because this is really about the Yankees and the Major League Baseball, that <laughs> – um, you want to share your blunt? Remember, Jeremy, the old saying, it's puff, puff, pass, not puff, puff, keep. Come on, man. You got puff, puff, pass. You know the rotation. So, you're lucky, my with, friend. You'd be killed if you're on the other group. With that being said, listen, I think I just read the line. Cole, what did Cole say? The Cole said they got – I want to make sure I exactly. The Yankees felt like they were hit by a truck this week, an invisible microscopic truck, Garrett Cole said. I'm just making sure I had the right quote so, from a I saw- listen, listen, this is – we've been down this road before, Yankees-Red Sox. Just looked it up. They have lost seven in a row to the Red Sox before. That was 2008-2009. Not surprised. There's still 19 games. I don't know if you also realize, Trev, eight of the next ten games are against the Red Sox. They play this four, two against Philly, and another four against the Red Sox. So, in a Western oh, – listen – before we finish the show at at the end of the month in August, well, the deadline's July thirtieth. So I think in the next week. Yeah, I think it'll. I think after the series, say the Yankees got swept. So let me ask you this. Hold on, let me ask you this oh, question. Oh, like, one, of our, one of the people they that have to sell. Um, they have to sell. What do you guys think about this? And it's a great comment by Nicholas Asito. I said, I, I appreciate that, my man. Um, should they be? I mean, it all depends on the next. Week? I mean, I don't know. This weekend? I don't even think it's the next week. I think that's too long because you're. I think it's this year. You're getting closer to that deadline time where. Listen, listen, not not for nothing, but every single game for the next three days is either they're going to move further away from first place or they're going to move towards it. If they continue to go this way, done deal. I think the cover. Absolutely. Then you have to. I think the Cubs are in the same boat. The Cubs are just waiting for one more bad weekend so they can start to sell off. It's going to happen. Well, that and the Cubs, half their team is going to be free agents by the end of the season. But, Joe, I totally agree. The only way the Yankees don't sell is if they split the series 50-50. They got to win both to win two. And it starts with tonight against Cole. Um, Are they playing a doubleheader? Tomorrow, or did they say how they're making up Friday's game? Did anyone know? No, I, I think that's going to be not, later. I think that's going to be an all. They're going to play later in the season. I okay, think. so all right, so it's only going to be a three-game set. So now you, I think you got to win the next two. I really do. You have to gain at least. No, one the Yankees game. have to. Realistically, the Yankees. Yeah, the Yankees yeah. have to. Yeah, they got to. Yeah, they got to win. They got to win against two. If they you lose, if they lose, if they lose tonight with Cole and they struggle too offensively and lose tomorrow, I think that's a Sunday night game. I mean Monday, first thing Monday, the Yankees got to be on the yeah. phone with every third, with every team in baseball trying to make moves. Whether that's acquiring players, I know they've expressed a lot of interest in um, Starlin Marte, Joey Gallo, some of the names. Trevor Story has been a name that we've been talking about for a while. Jose Barrios, but if the Yankees lose, I'm almost thinking they go the complete opposite of buyers. Become they become the sellers because they're at a point now that it's they're almost at panic mode. You're, well, dealing with, not just, you're not dealing with just bad play going into the All-Star break and starting off at the All-Star break, but you're also dealing with this whole COVID issue with this team. And it's just – it feels like well, the that, is fall is continuing to just, bam, just fall, fall on the Yankees right now. Well, Luke Voigt's on the IL now too, which that, I don't Yeah, know. that's just – yeah. I don't understand how he got a bone bruise on his knee. I, he didn't even play a you game. You saw that, Joe, right, that uh, Voigt's going to the IL? Oh so. yeah, again, again, which is funny because I, I was I was literally just doing baseball with the Bard before I jumped on this show. We're talking Yankees Red Sox, and uh, Alex Cora seems to or uh, was saying as soon as as soon as Chris sells back, it's all over, baby. Like this team's gonna go on a run. And I thought, how many guys have we seen on rehab assignments not even get off the rehab assignment with setbacks? And then how many of these same guys have we seen come back? Only to get hurt in a couple weeks and go back on their rehab assignment. No, so, sure. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, I'd Joe. be concerned about that if if I were the Red Sox. As far as I mean, Chris Sales, the, the, it's been a couple of years since he's been able to pitch healthy. I think the and last I wonder time what I, effect I think the that. Last had. time I saw Chris Sale pitch, Joe, was when we were still doing shows at, at CSB. And the yeah, no kidding. It's, I feel think like it's, it's been, been it's forever. forever. But that's scary to know that Sale hasn't pitched. 
and the Red Sox are playing the way they've been playing this entire season with their great offense. And even the, I mean, the pitching, we talked about early in the year, Joe, you were saying, oh, the pitching's not going to hold up. Well, the the pitching's been doing fine. It's just when you're scoring eight to nine runs a game, you don't really have to worry about great pitching. Trev, I'm going to say something. What's up? I'm going to say something that's unpopular for Yankee fans to hear. Let's hear it. Maybe it's because of their manager, huh? Maybe their manager gets the best out of their players. Because they're a whole different team, and they pretty much have the same roster as last year, with a, with a little exceptions maybe here and there. Really, there's you now. Know, you could say, you could say COVID last year was a weird season. Guys didn't you know, the way the season went down. It was like okay, we'll get ready, we'll disappear for three months, we'll come back. Maybe guys' mindsets weren't different. Now the Red Sox knew there was a better season. They were better prepared. Devers having a good season. JD Bogarts, which are key components of their team. But, I mean, you just look at the team. Here's one problem. They do make a lot of defensive errors. I think they lead the league in errors defensively. But they make up for a hitting. The pitching's been pretty solid for most part of the year. You listen, you don't win as many games as they have if they're not doing the majority of the things right. You know what I mean? So, um, Joe, go ahead. What were you going to say, bud? Well, so, yeah, look, last year the Red Sox, uh, obviously, without Alex Cora, basically the same team as they had uh, the year before. They they got rid of Betts uh, and Price. You brought in Verdugo. You you let him play every day. Mm-hmm. He got it figured out by year's end. You found Bobby Dahlbeck. Like, they always find those guys in the minors that they could just bring up and and, and their contributors. Adovino's been good to them. Barnes, the closer. Who has struggled now? He's one of the better closers. Look at he was in the All Star game, did pretty well for the majority for the time he was in there. The, the trades of Adovino, Mike Talkman, and Mike Ford are all bizarre moves that the Yankees have made, uh, that Cashman's made, and I the the rhyme or reason behind any of them. When you look at the outfield and first base depth issues, the Yankees are currently going through. When you look at how that bullpen's doing. I know Adovino didn't pitch great at in, in stretches last year. He's really good. So this idea, I, I, I hate this idea of giving up on somebody so quickly. Um, and, and it certainly does come are back to about, Are you talking about Boone giving up so quickly on Boone, Joe? Are you asking? No, 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 no. I think no. Boone's had well enough time. Oh, no, the, 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 the leash okay. on Boone I, is very long. Yeah, listen, okay. I, I, let me clear up a couple things. Number one, the, the problem's not Hal Steinbrenner. Al Steinbrenner spends plenty of money. He's not cheap, and he's he's not a, a bashful or whatever whatever Agreed. people say about him. They're yeah, absolutely agree. wrong. The guy the, between Giancarlo Stanton and Garrett Cole, that that's more money than than you you could even imagine in your you life. Then then put together the Detroit Tigers lineup and um, and the Kansas City Royals and maybe even the Pirates, and you still probably don't even come three times that amount. The the fact that the Yankees have literally. Judge Stanton and dare I say Gary Sanchez, the only three guys performing at all right now. Urshela's been mediocre. Everyone else has been terrible. The chances of you having five guys have a career year like the Yankees did in 98, where you win 114 games in the World Series, having this many guys have the worst year of their career is almost impossible. And my thought was, right, at some point, this has to level out. Clint Frazier's not hitting a buck 90 this year, yet here we are in July. He's still hitting a buck 90. Glaber Torres got hot for one stretch, got up to 272, and he's now back in the 230s. It, this team is inconsistent, but th- none of this is Aaron Boone's fault. Aaron Boone's not putting the, the wrong guys. I just, in the think, it's the, I just think it's the me- the players got to produce, as you as you always say. That's plain and simple. These sport. guys have to start. I just hitting. don't think it's the. Me- I just think the message. I just I don't feel like he just gets his matches across. It just comes off as like, yeah, well, we're doing a good job. We're doing the best we can. It's kind of like just kind of like the way this country is. It's like a yeah, like a yeah. Congratulations, you get a participation trophy. You get a. It's kind of like that's how it feels with me with with Aaron Boone where. I could see Alex Cora, and I don't really. I'm not a big fan of Alex Cora. Never have been, and never okay. will be. Hey. But I just feel like he he has his message, and maybe he's a guy that yeah he got suspended because of his actions in in Houston. But that's a guy that came back and said, "Let's go." And this team's fight. Let's go. Let, give me this one more chance, and let's go. I'm angry. I'm ready to go. And that Red Sox team followed behind their manager. Whereas the so Yankees, that- it just seems like like uh, we're just doing good and. That's we, and then you look at Boone. So when the manager says in his press conferences, "What does judging them do?" 
well, well, we're playing our, we're playing as best we can and stuff like that. It's the same message. It's, it's like you're just relaying what the manager's saying. So, that's hey, what's frustrating. So let's ask the bigger question then. If we're all thinking that this team is not going to make the playoffs, right? Now listen, now listen. You never want to give up. Now I saw what was it? Jeremy Keyes wrote the last time the Yankees were down like this in 0809. I'd say go look at the roster. Go look at the personnel. Go look at the players on team. Certain teams, see. certain teams got grinders on the teams. Certain people got certain leaders on this team. Only person on that team that's on this current team is Brett Gardner, and he should probably be cut. But they won't cut him because listen, that's not what that's not what we represent for the New York Yankees. Um, and if he was helping out or he was producing or doing anything, I'd have a different story for you. He probably should have been done last year or maybe should have took a veteran minimum somewhere else to help out a team. Um, and unfortunately, he's had to play more than we wanted him to this year. So if we're thinking they're sellers, right? Now, listen, who are we selling? What are the what, what type of guy are, do you want to sell and who do you want to sell for and what do you want to sell that's for? A tough, that's the toughest because question. I think Geo's. I think Geo's good. I'll be honest with you. I think Geo's good at third. Glaber is a positive, uh, a, a big name to think about. Even though, listen, he is talented, and you, God forbid, he leaves and then becomes the guy you saw two, three years ago. You're, everyone's going to be bashing Steinbrenner and then. I think DJ's good because he just signed the big contract. I tell you one thing: it's unfortunate he's hurt. Voigt should probably be another guy to think about. Only because of his injury situation too. I mean, I and and you might have to think down the road, bigger pitcher. Can we move Judge to first base? If an injury, can we move Stanton to first base? Can we move Gary to first base? If we get another defensive guy, do we move DJ to first base? So, um, and then, and here's the other thing. I think it was on Jeff Passon wrote a two weeks ago. I think I might have sent you guys the video. What do the Yankees do with Aaron Judge, long term? I know this COVID. It's, it's, it's been a question, it's been a question that we've been Yankees. talking about since yeah. his rookie year. But what are you going to be willing to pay him in a year at 30 years old, 30-plus years old? Are you going to pay him that six-year? You're going to look at $200-plus million. That's what he's going to require. That's Are you going to pay him? Because, Joe, we, Joe, we've talked about this, and you're really good with this. You're going to have the same guy. You're going to have, what, a billion dollars between three guys? Is that what we're looking at? Because that's what I'm looking at in the bigger picture. And that's going to be a, probably above the tax market, which affects everything else you do as the Yankees. And you still need pitching. Joe, and what do you do with Bridge? What do you do with Chapman? Joe, finish up the baseball. Finish up the Yanks. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you got to move Chapman. Um, somebody will take him, and somebody will give you something good for him. If that really? means you have to wait till midnight on the 31st, I think you got to do it. It's a shame that you can't move Britain because of the injury, but it is what it is. Um, Justin Wilson might have some minor value of being a lefty out of the out of out of the pen. Other than that, though, like you said, Teddy, who who are you moving? Maybe Glaber, but I mean, I would think a, a Glaber for Trevor Story type. I feel of like trade. that's the only move that Gla right. like the Yankees are going to do. There, there's no other scenario where they would move Glaber and get back like prospects. That's not happening. That's mm -hmm. definitely not in the cards. So, um, I I think the Yankees probably got to go all in here, um, or they got to go all out. But I I think by the end of the weekend, I think they'll decide. The Yankees are six and fourteen at home against their division this year. Uh, it's that's the worst record uh, in forty years that they've that's had. Terrible. That's the other thing is, my other one more thing, if you will, the Yankees have a three seventy nine slugging percentage in the Bronx. That is the absolute worst in forty seasons for the New York Yankees. Um, for a the team Bronx that relies Bombers, on a team that relies on the long ball to hear numbers like that. For all, I mean, all we complain about is this team doesn't play small ball. The Bronx Bombers, home run or bust. Well, they're not hitting homers. They're not hitting doubles. They're not hitting at all. And the only way the Yankees are going to make a comeback in the second half is if they start hitting five or six home runs a game like you're seeing from the Dodgers and Padres night in and night out. So it's possible to do. They've got the guys to do it, but the consistency is obviously what's held them back all this time. So. I don't see that turning around. I mean, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. For a team that relies on the long ball, it's just not working. And it's frustrating. 
And Ted looks like a Yankee fan right now. He looks like he's sweating. He looks like he's nervous because the Yankees are struggling for him. Right, Ted? You're just hot, right? It's just a little hot. I actually – I didn't know you were a text. I thought you were going to type – I have the fan on right next to me, Bo, next to me. I had to cool. <laughs> the body temperature right now is very hot. Um, <laughs> being at the beach right now. I very low – I already put aloe and lotion on, so. Oh, yeah, there, I got some coatings on. You got some coatings? Well, let's shift over. I know we've been talking a lot about Yankees, and we haven't talked any football for quite some time since maybe the Aaron Rodgers days. Why you ask that? Well, because Aaron Rodgers is still a Green Bay Packer, TBD, Deshaun Watson, two guys that have been mentioned in a lot of trades discussions this year. Don't know what's going to happen with him, but is he going to be a Houston Texan? Is he going to be playing this year? One of the rumors that we've been hearing is the Philadelphia Eagles. Keep an eye on that. But why am I bringing up those two quarterback names? Because I think it's time to talk some NFL football, and I think it's time to talk the most important position, and not just football, been in all the sports, the quarterback position. And one of the questions is to me, is Mahomes to all the number one quarterbacks? The last time we saw him, the man, yes, they got their asses kicked, but that man still one of the greatest performances I've seen in a loss in the sense of, this man had a couple plays in the top 100 NFL plays, and they were both incompletions. That just shows you how great and talented this man has become and how he is changing the game. So let's get into it. ESPN came out with a list this week of their top 10 quarterbacks. Well, as you know, for the people that are watching, we're a sports show, so football's a big part of it. So we're yeah. going to make the quarterback rankings. I know, Ted, it's a little surprising. Sometimes we talk about food. Sometimes well, we talk about well, we talk well, about something. We talk about like, today. We're talking. We got the blunts on. We're like, what's going on today? <laughs> well, Joe, I mean, here's a funny story. So I, we we're going to do the show yesterday, but you know, I told him, listen, I worked two doubles in a row. Going to go to the beach today. I said, let's try to shoot for Saturday, which is nice because I see the uh, the viewage is up, which is really nice in the participation. With that being said, I lost my train of thought, Joe. <laughs> Oh, I was said. I said I was sitting at the kitchen table, and I said Giannis is blocked the other night in the NBA game. Oh, yeah. And I said, I said that was pretty. I said that was like a game changer. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, you think that block was better than LeBron's? And I didn't even know. And then I looked back on the ESPN, oh, and, I work, and on Friday, they go, they started talking about is that a better block than LeBron's? And then where does that block rank all time great playoffs slash finals slash ever? They always get it from keys. And I'm like, that's, like, that's how it's yeah. worked for the past. That's how it's worked for the past three years. I'm like, they always, I, they always I come to keys to the city. We must not have no idea what let's, we're talking. Let's start Sorry, off Joe. with this. We're gonna get into as we get closer to the season. We're gonna talk a lot more quarterbacks, players with pressure. We're gonna give our preview in the next month or so. So there's a lot happening in the NFL. And yes, Ted stuffing his face with a massive sub at. Brought to you by Patty's Beach Club. Um, <laughs> so check it out. If you like to go to the beach, if you like good food, then check out Patty's. Also great drinks. So let's get into those quarterback talk. We all put our top ten. So I'm going to go with Joe first. Joe, give me your reason why you went with the list that you had. Well, Pat Mahomes, uh, as you said, his incompletions are even amazing. Um, wait a minute. I still wait think a minute. He there we go. Here we wait go. Wait a minute. There we go. Wait a minute. There we I go. see a name in there. We see a yeah. name in there. That's a little surprising. Yeah. Yeah. I okay, like Matthew on. Stafford a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Joe. You got to explain to how the man I'll that you passed for some time. Let him, let him get yeah. there. Let him get there. Uh, I, I moved Tom Brady up on this list um, because, look, he's still doing it better than anybody. And I, I felt like um, putting him any further than second would be disrespectful to all he's done. And I think he's going to have another great could season. That been a, could that have been a toss-up for you between him and Rodgers? Or oh, you? sure. Yeah. I, I mean, Rodgers, Rodgers could be number one on this list, and I wouldn't have a problem with that. Well, put it to you like this. Three, but, I think any of the first three guys could be interchangeable. Yeah. I just think given, given the way last season went, this felt like the right order to put them in for today. Okay. Josh Allen, I to me is the only guy him. in the AFC who I think can take Mahomes out. So that's an easy top four. Uh, not that he's going to, but I think he's the guy with the best chance to lead his team over the Bills. I really do think that. And if there's another guy who's got a shot, it's Lamar uh, in Baltimore. So 
I, yeah, I why'd you have guys- Hold on. I got to ask you, why'd you have Lamar in your top five for a guy that you, I at times, we talked about last year. Regular season. Trust enough. This a reg- is a regular season list? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's all day on my regular season. I love Lamar Jackson. I'm telling you. Where where I get concerned for him again is when he's going to be in a game where his arm could potentially decide it. That's where I'm always like, I'm going to go with the guy that can throw the ball better. I love Lamar Jackson. I think he's super exciting. He's a great player. I think he's the best regular season quarterback in the league. It's postseason where his issues start, and that's why. He's and then I got fit. two more. Qu- I got two more questions. I see Russell Wilson at six, which is a bit surprised that you have Lamar and Allen, two guys that are growing, that are young and trans transition, making big strides. But why did you have Russell at six? Because he's got so many great weapons around him. I he's still a great he's still a great quarterback. I think uh, he's going to have a better year. Uh, so I do. I feel I feel good about Russ right where he's at. And again, for me, him and Dak, it's very interchangeable. Um, I, I would say Russell's a, skill another. set. Skill set. These guys are both super talented quarterbacks. I mean, Russ was off to an MVP caliber start last year, and he certainly faded off strong. Dak got off to a, a an MVP start and then got hurt and missed the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Those two guys, either one of those guys could end up being a top three guy by the time the year's over, I think. Or okay. could be on the on the on the other half of the top ten. It's really gonna see how it plays out. But skill set, you you can't argue with those guys. And, and then for me. Look at Herbert and Stafford. I, I think Herbert is a young Stafford. I think he's got that kind of potential. I think, I mean, I think he could be more Josh Allen. I think he could be more Allen. Tap the brakes on that. <laughs> what? Josh Wait, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Slow down, buddy. Should, I think we should all – let's put the brakes on Josh Allen as well because, yes, coming into – yes, amazing season last year. Don't get me wrong. If it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers' remarkable season, we may be saying Josh Allen – could be repeating as MVP this year. But going into last year, we all got to remember, this was a guy that we were like, is this guy going to be the, the Buffalo Bills' future, or are they going to have an answer? We got to remember that. He's had one good year. I need to see – it's like that. I need to see a consistency. So when everybody wants to say Josh Allen, oh, he's amazing, well, he had one really great year. Go look at his first two years. We were And Josh Allen may be out of the league or may be a backup quarterback. So, Joe, if situations didn't occur, where would you have Deshaun Watson? Uh, yeah, that would definitely change things. I would I would probably have him at six and push everybody back, and maybe Kyler falls off the list. Okay. Okay. Sounds – I mean, I like and the I only, And I only left him off because I, I really I, – I, I have a bad feeling he's not going to see the light of day this season as far as playing time is concerned. I feel like he is going to play. It's just I hope so, but I I, mean, I, I don't know. The league, I want to see him play. The There's situation is of, kind of the situation has kind of gone quiet. Well, maybe that's which how scares it scares me. That scares me about it actually. It's been a when while. It was, we when it was when it was vocal, we had a better idea of what was going on and now it's gotten eerily quiet and the lawyers on the other side of this case by the way are some of the best lawyers out there. And so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just – their whole thing is going to be to make sure this guy doesn't play. Yeah, well, Bill Cosby got out early, so. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> Ted. Jesus. Let me hear I'm, your list. I'm sorry. So. Why, hold on. My biggest thing from this whole takeaway is I don't see no Dak. Why Tannehill? Why do you have – oh, Ryan Tannehill. Why? Yeah, I'm curious. Why Tannehill? I don't know. So this is where I was at. He 10. says, I don't know. <laughs> That's a Listen, great answer. <laughs> I, I don't really care. You asked me. It, it came down to well, him. Give me a Dak. better answer, damn it. It came between him, Matt Ryan, or Dak. Um, and I think I just like where Tannehill is. I just like him as a player. Do you I just, like where the team is or do you like where he is? Where he is as a quarterback. Um, I'm almost more trustworthy of him than Dak and Matt Ryan. Even though I say both of those guys have better skill sets. Joe looks like he wants to get in. You know what? I just I was scanning his list a second ago, and I was like, "Do you not have Josh Allen on your list?" But it's (laughs) because he's five, and it's Josh and Allen. And I was like, "Whoa, dude!" Yeah, because when Trevor had ten, Ryan, I go, "I didn't put Matt Ryan at ten, even though I thought about putting him at ten. 
I think he's a phenomenal quarterback. I think he's right there. I think him, Dak, and Tannehill are all similar. I think Dak um, – I mean, I guess it's unfair to say he's a, between the players and the talent that surrounded him. Would he do as well with other with other teams? You know what I mean? I think I think Tannehill – now we have – now let's see. Tannehill now has Julio Jones and A.J. Yeah, Brown. We also got to remember, they don't have Arthur Smith anymore. Who's yeah, but you know what, too, Teddy? You know what, too? I mean, Lamar Jackson's not on this list because he can throw the football really well. No, I know. So, right, the, the idea that Tannehill hands the ball off more than anything else. I don't um, think that, that shouldn't hurt him. That shouldn't hurt him. It shouldn't. Him. You're exactly right. He wins football games, and when he has to make throws, I mean, A.J. Brown will show you a highlight yeah. reel of him. He can do sure. it. We talked about this, Trev, when we used to argue with Uncle Jerry. When Tannehill was healthy for Miami, he was actually a really good quarterback. He was a winning quarterback. He had above 500 winning percentage. I think he was like, you know, 60-40, which that's where you want to be. That's like 10 and 6. That's that's what that's what 60% is yeah. pretty much for football. That's a winning record. So he's proved that he can win. And I think he's good enough to win. And he's won big games, too. Here's the other thing. Was I was looking at Joe's. Kyler Murray was in my discussion, too. Now – it depends. How how do you when you look at this? How do you look at it? Or you look at it where like Kyle Murray's so dynamic? I'm going. I based this. I based this all on skill set because like, Kyle Murray is right there with anyone. I think this is a big telling year for him. Um, yeah, and he's, he's going to have the division to prove it in because no other. Excuse me. Good luck, that, good luck with that division. I mean, if you had to take four quarterbacks, what division are you taking? You taking Jimmy G, Kyle Murray, Stafford, and Russell Wilson, or are you taking the Roethlisberger, Lamar, Baker, Mayfield, Joe Burrow division? I'm taking the NFC West collection. Oh, how about the AFC West? Derek Mahomes, Carr, Herbert, and Derek Carr minus, and that could all change if Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You never know. But that's not. It's not happening. That's not happening. Aaron Rodgers will be playing for Green Bay. So let's get back to the thing. Mahomes is the best quarterback. He football. knows the future. He knows the future. Dude, it's not happening. I was listening. I listened to the shows. Any of you watch the? Um, who's the kicker who does the show on? Um, Sarah's Radio. Matthew. He Matthew. had AJ Hawk, who was on with him, who's uh, best friends with Aaron Rodgers. I think. He's just getting his mind right. He's getting his mental capacity right, getting things straight. He'll come back. He's going to play for Green Bay. Green Bay is going to hold his feet to the fire. He's not sitting out. He's not going to give away $30-something oh. million. He's he going to be playing for the Green Bay Packers. He'll just go to Jeff. He'll, he'll just go to Jeff. But when they, when they, when they drafted Jordan Love, he, he didn't quit, and he didn't yeah. pack it up yeah. and go home. And he sat behind far for three years, so deal with it. He'll and he's not jumping. He's fine. He could quit now and be fine. He's not going to jeopardy either. Okay, so okay. I had Patrick, Patrick Holmes would have won the Super Bowl last year if he had his two tackles. Okay, he's the best quarterback for football. It's not even close. All right, now yes, he is a product of having great talent, but you know what? Every great player, like in any team, is a product of the team. Michael Jordan probably would have won no championship. Didn't win anything before Scottie Pippen and Phil Jackson. Then they got Phil Jackson, and he got Horace Grant, and they got Dennis Rodman, and he got a great collective team, and that's how they won. Just like Magic Johnson had with James Worthy and Cream, every great team has great surrounding players, okay? You don't win by yourself in any sport. Aaron Rodgers had a phenomenal season. That's why I put him at number two last year. And I and I just – yeah, he didn't beat Brady last year. Whatever. It is what it is. Like me, Joe, and Trev, you're going to say, either one of those three quarterbacks are going to change one. I know you probably have Brady at number one. Wilson, I just love Wilson at number four, Josh. Josh Allen, number five, makes sense. He's the next up and coming. I think him and Herbert are the next two great ones to, in the AFC. That's going to be your big three. It's going to be Herbert, Allen, and Mahomes as your big three. Lamar is going to be your sleeper. Trev, I have Watson because he's phenomenal. And then how can you not have Stafford in there? He's been one of the best quarterbacks, but he plays for the Detroit Lions. But here's, here's at the end of the season – we will find out what Matthew Stafford is really all about. Hell yeah. Because Hell yeah. 100%, 100% that's why you traded him for Jared Goff. That's why you gave up the draft picks, or else you would have stuck with Jared Goff. Go ahead, Trev. That's my list right there. Mahomes, give me questions. Give me questions if you want. So, Trev, you pretty much had the same exact I did except for number 10. You had Dak, which I have no problem when I put 10. I mean, yeah, we all have the same. I was thinking – I mean, when I saw Joe's list and I saw Kyler Murray, I was like, ooh. I forgot about Kyler because, I mean, Kyler's ability – my thing with Kyler is seeing him at the end of the year getting injured and stuff and that size really come into play now, that, that gets me a little nervous. But I know what Kyler can do offensively. 
running the ball and passing with those weapons, Kylo could be dangerous. So I did like that one from Joe. I put Dak just because he's gotten paid. He's getting paid like a top ten quarterback. He's playing for the Dallas Cowboys. He is the face of the franchise. He has played, he has played well enough. Not going to say he's played elite. So we should also say this: these are not all elite quarterbacks. We're putting our top ten. That doesn't make Dak Prescott elite. That doesn't make Ryan Tannehill elite. On this list, to me, there's I would say well, you, know, you know what this list says, Charlie. What's up? You know, you know what this top ten list for all three of us proves that if you have one of these ten quarterbacks, every one of these teams, except for number five for you and me, Deshaun Watson, every one of those teams is a Super Bowl contender. I feel so, like any of these ten teams, you can win in this not league. One team on this list, except for Deshaun Watson team, that's not a Super Bowl contender. But this also shows me that all the quarterbacks that we put in our top ten list. Any team that they were on, that they have a chance to compete for a championship. It's just who's around them. But any of these thirty of these quarterbacks that we said, they all have a chance. Doesn't mean they're elite. These are great quarterbacks. All these quarterbacks, but there's only a handful of elite quarterbacks in this league right now. So we're all on Patrick Mahomes at number one. I really thought somebody was going to be different, but how can you? How can we go against them? It's, I mean, Brady. If we really put Brady, see, I could, I was going to be the one that was out of all can three. Of us, can I tell you something, Trev? Can you imagine what would have happened to Brady if he was on the Chiefs last year with no two offensive tackles in the Super Bowl and Mahomes was on the Tampa Bay Bucks? Mahomes was able to survive a feeding frenzy in the middle of the ocean. All right, Brady would have been gone, chopped up, and been spit out before the end of the first quarter. He would have been taken out. They would have had the backup in. Blaine Gabbert would have been. They would have been, they would have been calling Jameis back up. Famous Jameis, come back. It would have been Blaine Gabbert because he would have feared for his life. No, That's my, how bad that game was. I mean, you think about the one where he almost where he had the touchdown pass where he's diving across the field, Mahomes. Oh yeah, of course. Throwing an underhand. The toughest one for me of my whole list was uh, Justin Herbert, Matthew Stafford. The reason I put Matthew Stafford just because he's been doing it longer. Herbert, there's a lot of pressure going in the Justin Herbert season. The Chargers, a lot of people, they're the darlings, maybe the surprise pick of the AFC. MVP. That can be, yeah, MVP, a dark horse MVP, one of the favorites, I should maybe even say. But I got to see another year. It's like with the Josh Allen thing. Got to give me more. He was amazing last year. Got to continue it. The, there's no excuse now. The offensive line is revamped. They made a lot of big moves in the offseason and in the draft. So, Herbert, if I had to put talent-wise – Herbert's got to be right up there with Mahomes and Josh Allen. I mean, he's realistically oh, Justin we're Herbert. Doing might be the, we're doing talent. The list is so much, so much different. Oh yeah, of course. But if I had to pick talent wise, I would say the top three most talented quarterbacks in the league. My rankings would be Mahomes, Allen, and then um, would be Herbert. But I don't know, actually, about, you. I don't actually, know about you guys. How about I, I want to hear actually that your top three most talented quarterbacks. Well, if I, I mean talent wise, I'm putting Deshaun Watson in there over Herbert. Okay. Because his ability to run, his ability Herbert to run, run too. Herbert can run. Yeah, probably, but that would yeah, probably but be better run. Watson, Jackson. If we're just talking about, you didn't put Josh Allen, huh? Um, I was thinking about it. I, I was stuck on that again. He's starting, Watson, become, he's starting to become a Lavar fan. I no, do. I do. I, I, don't get me wrong. I, you know, and when I and I know I'm a little hard on Lamar Jackson, and I, I just want to be very clear on that. I think he's a great quarterback. Yeah, I really do, and I like him in most matchups. You just don't like him in the postseason. I just in the postseason, I always get worried, and it seems to keep happening where he's got to make a throw and he can't do it because well, he's not no, a good thrower, and it no hurts. Excuse. There's no well, you excuse for the Ravens you know this year. Why he Because he knows how great he can be. Because oh, yeah, you don't hear him talking about Daniel Jones. <laughs> so, yeah, can't, wait, can't wait to talk about. Hey, we'll talk. We'll trust Let's me. Say, you don't. You don't talk. You don't. You're not hard on guys. You don't have these expectations when you're. I think next week's show we're gonna we're gonna do top ten players who face the most pressure. We're not gonna just do. We're gonna, I want to have a top ten list of players. Gonna make you think. Gonna have a top ten players list of who faces the most pressure. I know Daniel Jones will be in that list. Joseph, as always, buddy. Guys, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I actually did see that basketball play. Uh, today. Oh, sick! 
I did the block, and I did hear them talking all about uh, that in the LeBron block, as if as if it matters. You break. Um, <laughs> it's a block shot. Calm down. Game <laughs> Come on, Joe. What are you yeah, supposed bro. to do? You're supposed to block shots. But he was guarding the pick and roll. No, I'm only joking. No, I was. I I've, I tell you what. For somebody who I told you guys, I'm not. I stopped being a basketball fan a while ago. I I've de- the these this postseason has been something I've definitely. I've paid enough attention to it, not enough to stay here and talk about it anymore, but they're getting there. The NBA is starting to (laughs) – next season, I might be on here talking basketball with you guys. The NBA playoffs have been been good considering all the injuries. The Uh, Knicks are getting better, better, so you'll have to talk about them. Got some relevant Knicks. Yeah, I'll tell you too. uh, I I noticed real quick, I'll let you guys go with this. After the first game, they were like, the Bucs have no shot, I heard. And then I like the series is tied, right? Like game five. Dude, I don't. What is the overreaction to analyzing the NBA? Like I don't understand. These guys got no shot. It's like that with every sport. It's like that with every sport. Football. It seems like basketball. You did it. You said the series is over. Like the series is over, John. Two. I go not until it wasn't even just him. I've been hearing this on. I've been hearing it from everybody. Like there was no way. The whole reason I said the series is over, I didn't think Giannis was going to play. the game, that's when the series starts. I didn't think Giannis was going to play all-time like with coming off of a series. I knew the Bucs when we were going home as a different team. They're a young team in the start. I'm removing removing, Ted. I'll talk to my team. Bang (laughs) that out, you two. I'll talk to you guys later. See you, Joseph. That was the Joseph Aguirre. You can follow him at Podcaster Joe at Twitter. Or at Clovercrest Media, but thank you for bringing it up and going right into it. Yes, a huge pivotal game five tonight, decisive game five in the NBA Finals. It is now tied 2 2, going back to the Valley. And the big question to me is where, oh, where is Chris Paul? The biggest game in his career is tonight. And we all talk about, well, he had his – this is one of the big – this has like a big feel type because of the fact, well, if you think about last year, they had the bubble. It just wasn't the same. It was the finals, but it had that – it didn't have the same feel. This has that feel of a big game because it is a must-win for both teams. It's a huge must-win for both teams. doesn't – no matter who it is, the Bucks or the Suns, both teams, majority of the time, the winner of game five goes on to win the series, about 75 76% of the time. So the favors, whoever wins, looks good for them to possibly win a championship. That's the biggest question for me because it comes down for legacy for specifically CP3 and Giannis. Giannis has done his part. Giannis has been incredible. He's been playing all-time like the block the other night, the stats in game three. I mean, he's been playing out of his mind this finals, especially with the conditions that he's playing with. But the other star that we've talked about coming into this and trying to win his first coveted ring, and the guy to most that has been the key component for this Suns, Phoenix Suns incredible season is Chris Paul. And he's been MIA. He's been nowhere to be found other than giving the ball over to the Milwaukee Bucks saying, here you go, guys, having 15 turnovers the last three games. What do we need to see from Chris Paul tonight? Is this a legacy game for him? And it. What do we expect from him in game five, Ted? Uh, so I'm just, I was literally reading this quick thing. Zach Lowe had a nice report on uh, what to watch for in game five. So what I've noticed without speaking on ESPN stats for a second was the Suns, when they won the first two, game, two games, they didn't turn the ball over. And I was just making sure I had that right. Chris Paul has turned the ball over. 15 times. 15 times in the past three games. Yeah, I just said 15 times. Yep, that's not his thing. What I've seen is this. Chris Paul looks a little tired, if you notice that. I think that Drew Holiday's defense, as much as we have talked about his lack of offense, his physicality on the defensive side of the court, picking him up almost 84 feet from coast to coast, as I feel like has worn Chris Paul out. I think the Suns have to do a better job of getting the ball up court, and I would say – don't make Chris Paul always have to bring the ball up all court. Don't make him work for every inch. Cameron Payne might have to be a little bit more involved. Devin Booker, maybe Mikael Bridges might have to bring the ball up. Get Chris Paul above the half court. Get him to a position where then he can start controlling the offense. I feel like he's grinding more. You know what I mean? I feel like we're like in, in football terms, 
he's going three, five yards at a time instead of getting a big play. You know what I mean? Fast breaks. It's kind of surprising yeah. because Ted, you see the big play, the big players. Giannis has been playing great. Booker, other than game threes, I mean, the other night literally was carrying them to almost winning a, a huge game and maybe closing out the series tonight. Chris Middleton has had his moments, but Chris Paul, Drew Holiday has had his moments. Chris Paul, it just seems like well, he's I, no I, found. Well, I no, I, I think age, I think he's getting worn out. It's been a long season. He's not used to playing, you know, in the finals. No, yeah, that's true. So, you know, longer season. I think Drew Holiday's defense is worn out. But listen, here's the thing. I talked about this when we when we we didn't even talk about the finals before it even happened. Then we got into it somewhere between game one and two. Milwaukee's bigger, they're more physical. They're using their size. They're kind of beating up a little bit on the Suns, and I think it's wearing the Suns down. The Suns lost Sarge. Well, that's you know, depth. I said there was gonna be gonna be a difference, the depth. All right. Mm-hmm. Also, home field advantage is a big thing. I know it's home court. Home court advantage is huge. The Milwaukee for the Suns, it has been, and for they've and for the Milwaukee too. Their fans have been tremendous. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee, and you can see. I said, you know, what you said. What's the biggest difference? I said, listen, the Suns they'll probably struggle once they go to Milwaukee. They're a younger team. They really only have two or three veterans on that team. Jay Crowder, Sarich, and Chris Paul are really the only three veterans on the team. Everyone else is young. I, I expect the Suns to play much better. I think the Suns would have won game five, uh, four if Devin Booker never got into foul trouble. But I don't think it matters. I mean, because, I mean that's you saw that that, that non-foul well, well, here's the thing. I don't care about that. But when oh, you went out right. with, 10 minutes, with 10 minutes and 30 seconds left, the game changed. The Suns were up by six. The game, the whole flow of the game changed. And it's remarkable to speak about that because if you watch the game, Milwaukee had kind of dominated the game for the most uh, you know, in the sense that the second half, second half, uh, second chance points. Excuse me, and they're dominating on the boards. I think they've out rebounded the Bucks. I met the Suns almost two to uh, two to one in this series. So you're getting you're getting extra rebounds on the offensive side of the board, meaning you're getting more opportunities. They the Suns actually shot better percentage in the game in Game Four than the Milwaukee did. But here's where I look at the game. The, in this game five, how do the Suns get better and easier opportunities for Chris Paul to make his shots like they did in the other series? All right. Let's not make him work so hard to get every bucket. The other thing is let's get DeAndre Ayton involved. He hasn't had really, he really, hasn't, he really hasn't had that 2020, 2015. I was, game. Waiting for you. I was waiting for you to say his name. The other thing is too, the third part, and I know this is all really relative to the Suns is, how do the Suns defend the pick and roll with Chris Middleton and Giannis? Because they haven't handled it correctly, and they've had mismatch, and Giannis has dominated the pick and roll game with Chris Middleton. And 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 the Milwaukee Bucks have tied the series up. And the way I look at this series is the Bucks have all the momentum. I feel like this is the Bucks series to lose now. As much as two of the three games are in Phoenix, feel like the Bucks have more momentum. And they're just kind of on a roll. And I, and we said this the other day, and maybe I don't know if we said it on the show, but we said it private and I think Giannis looks like the best player in the series. Well, doesn't look – is the best player in the oh, series. He's, right the, he's now. the best player. He's the best He's the best player in the series. And for anybody that thought he wasn't the best player in the coming into the series, I know that he had the knee in, issue and we didn't even think he'd be playing. Giannis has established himself as, the, without question, the best player in the series. And maybe if he wins a series – if he wins – could be talking about a whole nother type of level of excellence of Giannis Antetokounmpo right now. You said it perfectly. And I said it the other day, the key for the Suns, it's DeAndre Ayton, man. I mean, he's has to be like that 2020 guy that was playing in the Western Conference Finals against the Clippers. I know Sarge with his absence is huge because he, he was a valuable player and a, a valuable role for that team. Chris Paul, the, the Suns have been doing their thing even without Chris Paul struggling the way he's been playing. To me, it comes down to Aiton. Brooke Lopez has had good moments in this series. Giannis has been doing his thing, dominating. It comes down to Aiton. We've been talking about, and they've been talking about it's it. On the the reason the Suns have, hold on, the reason the Suns, yes, with the addition of Chris Paul, obviously, but the reason the Suns are in the situation they're in right now is because of the rise of DeAndre Ayton's play. And when he's playing well, he's one of the top five big centers in the league. I'll say center. I won't say big men. But yeah. one of the top five centers in the league. 
but he's been so inconsistent that they're not getting any play down low. He can stretch the floor too. He's a big that can shoot. It's not like he has to stay in the in that area that the paint. He's not that type of guy. He can shoot. They got to get him more involved. He has to become huge tonight for them to win. If they don't, if he has another struggling performance as well on top of it with Chris Paul, then the Bucks are going to win, and they're probably going to win the series. That's what it comes down to. I said it the other day with Aiden. I'll say it again because Booker's been doing this thing. He's been, I mean, the other night he reminded me of young Kobe. Just those fadeaway shots, the hand in the face, contested shots, making them. He just reminded me of a young Kobe-esque type game slash player. And that's what it comes down to for me. Chris Paul has to do his thing. He has to play his game. Got to play smart. Stop turning the ball over because that's been a huge issue for the Suns. And that's when they were winning. They weren't turning the ball over. But DeAndre and has to become that dominant big man that has led them and has put them into position to get to this point. Who do we got tonight? Who's going to win game five? Suns. I, think, I, I told you the other day, I think it's seven. I think it's a good I, game. I, I agree with you. I said the Suns too. So here's the thing. Milwaukee's turned the ball over at 9.3% rate. It's, it would have led the league in uh, turnover, you know, where you're not turning the ball over during the regular season. They're also rebounding <laughs> their second chance shots at a 30.7% rate. You realize the Bucks attempted 19 more field goals and had 10 more free throws than Phoenix in game four. So more opportunities. I mean, better chance to make a basket. Yep. Here's the thing I also noticed when they just had a rate. Got to take the Bucks out of transition. When they're on the fast break, they're they're unbelievable. That's why they, I believe they led the league in scoring this season. But when they are not, and when they're in the half court game, they're not. They they score nine three points per hundred possessions. You know what that means is they're not good in the half court. Suns have to slow them down. It also said DeAndre Eaton has to play better. Has to play better, has to play bigger. But the problem is, like you said, Trev, no dark Sarge. They don't have any depth. You know what I mean? They don't have any depth with size. You know, Jay Crowder is the only other guy that can really guard Giannis. Oh, you, oh, you gotta forget. Don't forget the, the Bucks also have Bobby Portis, who's been playing great. That's and, been given and, great and, minutes. And Pat, that's been playing great for them. And Pat Cognitant has been a, I mean, been huge. Where do you, you come from? Notre Dame. No, ah, yeah, Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. I was, yeah, yeah. I was drawing a blank at Marquette, but no. I no, um, and Bobby Portis played at Arkansas. Arkansas. Was player of the year at the SEC. Yep. Um, but no, <laughs> whatever. But with that being said, I, I, was, I think the Suns win. I think I think Chris Paul has a better game tonight. I think DeAndre Ayton. I think the bench and the Suns, Mikael Bridges has a much better game because he's disappeared. Can the Suns win without Chris, with Chris Paul struggling again? Or they could have won game four without with Chris Paul. Okay. If Devin Booker, if Devin Booker does his thing. I think the crowd and their fans are going to be rocking tonight in Phoenix, and I think Phoenix wins a close one. Like I said, I believe the series goes seven, and let the best man survive. You know, at the end of the day, I can't we'll wait. It's a, best of th- it's a best of three. We do not know who's going to win, but boy, oh boy, it's been a great finals. I can't wait to watch game five. And, whoever wins this, and at the end of the day, whoever wins the series is for their legacy. Giannis, it'll set his future up. And now we start talking about him with the Kevin Durant and LeBron James is, oh, and yeah. if. Well, if Chris Paul can win, you know, it's – Where do we put that, him? That, that, puts him, that puts him in the all-time greats. And if he loses, it's going to – and he struggles the next two or three games. And he's part of – if he does – if he plays great, like we said with Kevin Durant, and he loses. And Giannis just has one of those series where he just ends up dominating, fine. But if, if Chris Paul ends up playing the rest of the series like he has the past two games, it's going to be a, kind of a what-if situation with Chris Paul because, listen – Next year is a different season. Everyone's going to be healthier. Lakers will be better. Clippers will be better. Denver will be better. Jamal Murray, you know what I mean? The Suns we'll might not. Hey, we'll the Suns won't even be a top four pick, I believe, in the in the, in the West next year. We'll considering when teams come back. So this is an opportunity for Phoenix to win it now because I don't know if they'll be back there anytime soon. Well, we'll see. We'll see Chris Paul, too. Are you going to re-sign him? With a contract because a guy who's going to be 35, 36 years old, what are you going to be willing to pay him if he shows that he can't? Well, we'll see what happens. A huge game five tonight. Cannot wait. Nine o'clock on ABC. The Milwaukee Bucks to go into the Valley, take on the Phoenix Suns. Can't wait to see that. Also, the New York Yankees will see how their weekend prolongs and see if they can finally get that much much anticipated first victory against the Boston Red Sox. We'll see if they're buyers or sellers after this weekend. A lot to talk about. And then next week we'll talk more NFL. And I already previewed it. I give you a tease early on. 
top 10 players in all of the NFL that face the most pressure coming into 2021 season. We are Keys to the City. We're streaming on all social media platforms. So subscribe, comment, share, or like. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. Yeah. Keys to the City, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We are locking the statements. Streaming every Friday.